Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Slinsky, aka the Running Wine Mom. Today, we have an extraordinary guest joining us. She's a true embodiment of athletic excellence representing her nation on the world stage. Get ready to hear about Olympic athlete Priscilla Frederick. Priscilla's journey is nothing short of remarkable. She has reached incredible heights in her discipline of high jump, captivating audiences with her graceful and power leap. Her dedication and talent and unwavering spirit have propelled her to compete alongside the best athletes in the world at the Olympic Games, the Pan American Games, and numerous other prestigious events. But there's more to Priscilla's story than her incredible athletic achievements. She's also a role model, a trailblazer who inspires others through her commitment to community work and her passion for uplifting those around her. Today, we'll dive deep into her journey, exploring the triumphs, the challenges, and the invaluable lessons she's learned along the way. So grab your favorite glass of wine, sit back, hit your <laughs> sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Let's raise a toast to the incredible Priscilla as we embark on this fascinating conversation about her life as an Olympic athlete, determination, and the boundless possibilities that lie ahead. Well, welcome. Thank you. Hey, cheers. hey girl. Hey, cheers. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I uh, I had to bust open a brand new bottle, so I'm super excited. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming. I'm excited for this. Um, to start off each episode, we have our wine, wine, and win of the week segment. This is where we share our favorite bottle of wine or drink, uh, vent about something that has been bothering us, and celebrate our recent victories. So grab a glass, take a deep breath, and let's get started. So what is your wine, W-I-N-E of the week? So my wine of the week, which is the good stuff, um, is a brand new wine that I was introduced to, and it's locally made in New Jersey, and it is from Auburn Road Vineyards, and I was gifted this after a speaking engagement, and it's been sitting here for like a special occasion, so I I just popped it open. I'm super excited, and there's like spirit animals on it, so mine is like the... Like the okay. lioness, Ooh. and it's I'm super excited. It's like a table red, um, and it has pa- uh, pride, patience, and confidence. And so it says our spirit animal is a metaphor for the energy and consciousness within ourselves that, if heeded, guides us through the journey of life. And so, Ooh. girl, you don't got to tell me twice if there is a, a motivation. To drink a bottle of wine, you just got to put an affirmation on it, and I'm good to go. So, um, shout out to Auburn Road Vineyards. I think um, my one girlfriend that was on a couple weeks ago, she brought their rosé on. The um, yeah, so that's funny. Yeah, Yeah. so I was like, wait, I know that vineyard. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. What are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Pinot Grigio, One Hope Pinot Grigio. One of um, my, yeah, one of my Instagram followers who's local to Bucks County. um, I was doing a breast cancer campaign and One Hope donates um, like a percentage of their profits to breast cancer. I think it's 10%. And yes, I love them. I'm telling you, good cause, affirmate, like it's, wine is becoming such a a level of excellence. I love it. I love it. Um, so what's your W-H-I-N-E of the week? Um, I will say that um, it's. I don't want to be too much of a downer. It was one of those things where uh, an Olympic athlete, an Olympic gold medalist, unfortunately passed away. And her uh, autopsy came out and she died because of birth complications. And... Oh, 
it was something that really uh, kind of touched my life because, you know, obviously I was an Olympic athlete and I've, you know, been battling whether to have kids or not. And when I mentioned it to a friend of mine who was older, he completely dismissed it before this article came out. He was just like, you're being ridiculous. That's not true. You'll be fine. That's all. It's And it was such a such a kick in the ass, right? Like, you're just like, really? Like, you can't, like, I, and it just made me feel not validated, right? So this story coming out just made it so much more aware of how miseducated people are. And I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer. I didn't want to, but her story deserves to be told. You know, her face needs to be out there. And for people to understand that it is scary to be a black woman having a child. And it's one of the reasons why I won't have a child. And, and it's a much higher risk for black women yes. than for any other. Um, yeah. You know. And I don't know, again, I haven't unfortunately done the research to, to understand why. Yeah. Uh, I know that there's like this, this different representation in hospitals and all that kind of stuff, but you never, it doesn't make sense, right? No. Like we've, women have been having, we're the natural child bearers, right? Like we give birth to life right. and you're just not, I don't understand it. So, um, you know, putting my life on hold for track and field, uh, and wanting to have children, which I've never said I've wanted to have children, but the fear has outweighed the actual yeah. desire to have children. So that's kind of my wine. Yeah. And I've seen that, um, you know, all over today and it is so scary. Any, both times I had scheduled C-sections with my kids. And so I, I don't know if that's like scarier or not than like just having, um, but knowing that I was going in for like surgery that it was totally like you go in and you're like, what if I die right? while this happens? Like, I don't, you know, I'm very lucky. Obviously I'm still alive, but, um, that's you have two beautiful children, <laughs> two babies. Um, but the story really did bring up like a lot of my feelings that I was having this time last yeah. year. Where, like, you know, you just don't know. And it is very scary. Um, and I just feel so, ugh, so terrible. Yeah. And, you know, it's for her to, 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 to die, the, unfortunately, she, to pass away the way that she did. It was, you know, and I know she was struggling with mental health stuff, but maybe, you know, it's, it's just all these kinds of things and all these feelings that it brings up. And so, um, yeah, so that's my wine. And so to go to a positive note, what is your win of the week? <laughs> my win of the week is I finally uh, signed my contract and did everything for my upcoming partnership with a company called Dutch and Deckel, which if you yes, don't follow me yes. on Instagram, <laughs> yes. uh, you should. And you should definitely find it out because it's been all over and I've been promoting it so much, but it's literally just an expression of me. It's a representation of my purpose and my passion. And so to have like my little notebooks come in, coming out and my journals coming out and especially at a time where I leave tomorrow for to speak at the Play Like a Champion conference, a national conference at Notre Dame, and to have these and be able to give it to people and give them like an extension of me. It's everything that I've wanted, but it came from so many trial, trials and errors and failures and obstacles. And to now finally, at 34, be a quote unquote influencer, but in such a positive and in my terms and 
working with a woman CEO, like it's just a huge, it's a bigger than a win. It is such an accomplishment because more, of course, women of color and just women in general need to come together and build each other up. And that's what we're trying to do. So this is the start of something really beautiful. And so it's a major, major, major win for me. Yeah, I saw that. And June 20th, is that the date that? June 20th is the, 20th. the, the yeah. yeah, the live, the live launch. And uh, I'll be going live with them and kind of going over what the partnership look like, looks like and what the line is going to look like. And it is Priscilla Loomis by Dutch and Deckel. And, it's it came organically this partnership and having just the meetings and the conversations and these talks about what i stand for and to be heard and to be seen um, unlike my wine of the week right so <laughs> it's it, it was something that's really beautiful and I'm, I'm very very excited to to launch and be a part of that's awesome um so i always ask my guests um, yes. before we get into the main, what are two to three struggles you've overcome leading to where you are? And what are three things you're most proud of in your life? So I will say the three struggles are really, it's kind of off the bat. And I've been dealing with for so long is colorism, sexism, and racism. And they, it rolls right off the tongue because in every step of my life, in every chapter, and I was like, I'm a movie major. So in every sequel or part, a new, new movie of my life, it's the same three things. And for those of you who don't know what colorism is, it means that you are devalued based the darker your skin tone is, right? Okay. Um, and right now the sun is just glowing in my window. So I, I'm looking a little bright, but well, it is one of those right. things where I have been devalued because of my darker skin. And okay. then dealing with sexism and racism from my own community, uh, it's, it, it's one of those things that unfortunately happens, but fortunately, I created a narrative that was going to help me. And so when we flip that script and we say some triumphs that I've had is just, I've created one, a narrative for myself of one of turning obstacles into opportunities two using that to create my own company and become a badass entrepreneur and three yeah. to use these rings as a representation and to open up doors for girls that look like me and for girls in general. Right. So right. we can yeah. talk about women of color, but we can also just talk about women and yeah. how far behind we keep. It just seems to the narrative keeps coming and keep pushing. So I found my passion, passion and my purpose through sexism, racism and colorism. Right. And so for me, I'm changing that narrative. I've changed my mindset and I'm turning everything and putting all of that energy into literally being an example of being a badass warrior for other women to lead a life of excellence in their lives. And you do such an amazing job of it. I love that. Like your, you. all of your posts are just so inspiring. Like you're, you are, I love a good, like, you know, girl power to sound cliche, yeah. but um, <laughs> you know, I, you can just tell like, you're such a hard worker. You obviously have so much passion, like you said, and you are changing many lives with like the speakings that you're doing and just getting the conversation started on things that, you know, you want to break the boundaries of 
getting past yeah. and, and, and I think it's, for women behind you, you know? No. And I think that's my motto in life has ever since I heard the saying, and of course I heard it on a Netflix movie. Um, it's, you know, to be the rising tide that lifts all ships. And I realize it's most important, right? Like it's yeah. not about my name, like it, it, but what can I do with my voice, with my power, with my story to elevate other people of color and and women, right? And so what am I, what's my impact? What am I leaving behind? And so it is important and I do live this lifestyle and it's helped me so that my, all of my social media, my website, everything speaks to that same message because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know who's going to follow you. You don't know what a person needs in that moment to help them. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to come across my page, I'm going to give you excellence. I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you love. I'm going to show you so much passion because that's what's needed. And right. if I can, if I can make you happy and I can raise your spirits, then who knows who you can impact, right? Right. So it, it's, I do live this life. I am a very naturally happy, positive, um, you know, love, loving life, love the journey, good and bad kind of person. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> um, I just love, yes. Um, so before we get into your Olympic career, um, mm-hmm. again, so, uh, how do you stay active now? What's your favorite way to stay active? Oh, girl. So I retired in 2021. And I think a lot of people expected me to jump right back in and, you know, have one or two days and be like, oh, my God, I miss it. It's like a drug. Mm-hmm. Girl, I'm tired. I am so tired. Right. You put a lot so, of time in that Yeah, I put so much time into this and it wasn't my first love. So it wasn't like something that was removed from my life that I'm like, I need it. It's everything to me. Um, so I am right now doing everything and anything. I am now a bartender, which is kicking my ass. Yeah, it does. Girl. It really, yeah. It, so you're down in Wildwood. I'm in Wildwood, right? New Jersey. Yeah. Yes. So I used, I don't know if you know, but I used to work in Sea Isle. I used to bartend mm-hmm. and serve at the Where? Port. At the poor house next to the OD, yeah. <laughs> I love that. We're going to the OD soon, so but, that's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, for fourteen. But isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. It's a, it's, it's a, it's insane. <laughs> it is insane when you're taking over ten to twenty thousand steps in oh, yes. five to six hours, yeah. and like changing kegs and carrying cases and squatting down, like. It's yeah. a workout, I will say. So if anybody would like a, a side hustle and a workout, <laughs> become a bartender. Yeah. Um, so I do that and I do that four nights a week. But I'm also, I'm just experimenting with different things. So I've tried surfing since retirement. I'm, I'm getting really into pickleball. Oh, you got uh, yeah, I'm gonna, pickleball thing. It's huge, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, I have my, you know, we're getting a bike and all this kind of stuff. So it's literally just being able to be kind of like a, a cross athlete. What do they call it? Like a, uh, yeah, a uh, like not multi athlete, but a oh cross, not CrossFit, but like a, yeah. a, you know, I'm trying different things. Anything yeah. that I like. I mean, I have a climber in my house, and it's like a stationary, um, like it looks like you're climbing, like you're moving, mm. just like you're climbing a mountain. Oh, so yeah. that, which was great, if I'm 
feeling I'm not going to the gym. I'm going to put my hair up in a bun and leave me alone. Um, so that's great for when I want to stay home. I am going to have to get into some sort of yoga, but I'm thinking Pilates because I need to keep that strength. Um, and then I'll, of course, do I'm going to get back into weightlifting because I, I actually do miss the weight room. That's one yeah. area that I do. So I'm open to everything and anything sports related. I think it's it's fun to see what your body can do and to keep it active and mm-hmm. test out different muscles that you didn't know that you had. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, a hundred percent. And I still eat uh, pretty healthy for the most part, but I will still, you know, have my Wednesday wings or, you know, Love cheeseburgers it. or, you know, nachos <laughs> with, with, you know, guilt-free um, right. But if I can make a healthy decision, I absolutely will. And what's how do you stay <laughs> motivated to maintain like your fitness routine? I know, especially with bartending, it's like so hard. I remember being like, you're waking up in the morning, you're out, out so late, and then you're like, I I just don't want to do anything because I have another. Yeah, sure. um, I feel you. Yeah. One thing that I will say is it's everything that I do speak about and I really do live by it. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's, it sounds cliche and corny, but I take this Olympic mindset into everything that I do because it's just programmed into me. It's just how I've lived my life for the first, you know, 33 years of my life. And I know how hard it is to get back into shape. That makes sense. Yeah. One getting one, like you get four to five weeks off maybe in your off season Girl coming back is like <laughs> nothing else. Everything hurts. So I'd rather just kind of stay in a little bit of emotion right. rather than just fall off. And I want to be, I don't want to buy new clothes. I'm very happy with the clothes that I have. Mm-hmm. So if I can't button my jeans one day, I'm going to be like, oh, damn it. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, one of those things. So these are all tricks of the trade that I'm just like, mm, yeah, let me just stay a little bit active yeah. to keep that going. Um, so I don't hurt, harm myself a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what struggles do you have with, with that? Your mindset obviously is there. Um, what, like, I mean, you look at someone with your athletic ability and it's like, oh, they don't have any struggles being healthy, but like, just, you know, it's, it's cause, because I don't have a, I don't have a challenge ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a test. There you go. I used to get tested weekly. Right. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a track meet or in the weight room or a coach testing me, my time. Now it's all on me. Right. And that to motivation. right, like when you have, you know, Taco Tuesday or, you know, girls night Thursday or in Wildwood, we have all kinds of great deals on the weeknights and stuff. And you have that opportunity to to relax and chill. It is, you know. It can get kind of like, oh, this is kind of comfortable. This is nice. But it's also the struggle that I have is that, and it's an outward, um, not narcissistic, um, fake kind of. It's I am so worried about other people being like, look at her, let herself go. Mm-hmm. I get that. Right. Yeah, that's that's tough. And I mean, you deserve to, you know, if you want to let yourself go, let yourself go. But that's probably really tough to have had such like a high expectation. And then, yeah. Know. And then for 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 other people to see it and then for me to see it. 
Right. Um, because I know like how I want to look and I don't, I've wanted to get thick for a very long time trying yeah. to be a thick woman out here in the streets. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, yeah, it is an outward pressure. Um, even in my business, you know, and what I was going to do after track, it's, well, what is she doing now that she's not an Olympic athlete? And it's, that was one of my fears. So right. for me, I want to make sure that I'm enjoying it. And I do live by this. I'm not saying I don't struggle. I'm not saying um, that I don't have moments of, you know, of, of a downward spiral, but I have to maintain, I have one life to live mm-hmm. and I have to maintain a mindset. It's disrespectful for me to think less of myself. If I don't want to go for a run, I don't want to go for a run. If I want to go for a run, then I'm going to go out and run. If I want to wear booty shorts and I've gained 10 pounds and that's what I want to do. I am on this journey. And as I get older, as you know, mm. you start to not give a damn about what other people say. It's so <laughs> the more great. and more that I get older, as days pass by, you know, I, I, I genuinely am like, okay, so if I gain weight, I gain weight. If right. I don't work out, I don't work out. I don't yeah. give a shit about you. Like, you know what I mean? So I do live by the words that I, I preach even though sometimes there are moments of like, mm, do I, yeah. do I care? Do yeah. I really want that? You know, that outward um, yeah. approval from other people. And then it's like that moment that where you know, every, every little corny saying is like straighten your crown queen. I'm like, you know what? Yes. Let me straighten my crown. Let me, let me remind <laughs> I myself. That. I don't really care. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. It's so true. You're absolutely right. Um, because no, it's where, that's, where, that's where all the pressure comes from, right? Like other yeah, people, like else. what are they going to think? Yeah. Who the hell it, cares? I know. <laughs> and it is, as you get old, it, it is so true. Like, I feel like in my 20s, I was so concerned. And that, you know, you look back and you're like, wow, why did I care right? about what these? Even like, I would say, you know, when you see like younger, like teenage boys or like preteen boys. And I was like, man, I can't believe I cared about their opinion because I'm a high school teacher. <laughs> what they like, thought? Those, yeah. little, those little bastards. Why did I care about what they I thought? Like, it's the funniest thing. I like, look at these I was, boys now and I'm like, mm, yeah. wasting my damn time. Teaching. Cut I'm my like, nails. Jeez. I was so much and better feel- than this. And you feel so bad for the girls now. Yeah. Or I'm like, come on, boo, raise your standards. You got this. But I'm like, it's all part of the journey. Gotta everybody's learn. got, yeah, <laughs> everybody's going to learn their own way. But yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it has been a journey, but I've yeah. given, I do give myself kindness in that, in that retrospect because I deserve it. And I think yeah. when I, when I constantly tell myself it's disrespectful to me, to think less of me, right. it puts things in puts things in perspective a bit more. Um, what is something that besides the opinions of teenage boys that you that you wish you learned earlier about your fitness and nutritional health? That it's my journey and my journey alone, and it's really about being as selfish as you possibly can be. And I speak very open about being selfish because so many people think of it as a negative thing. And I spent my entire track and field career being selfish and it only worked out in my favor. So I think we need to reevaluate that word. Um, You know, I was bullied for being too skinny and, 
you know, uh, the way that my body looked. And then I was criticized for being too heavy to be a high jumper and uh, being told that to my face by random strangers, by coaches, by, you know, and so uh, I think it's, it just really does go back to what was instilled into me as a younger person Mm -hmm. by a single mother who was not from this country. You know, when you're in the eighties, nineties, self-love wasn't a thing. It was put your makeup on, look good for other people, for their approval. And that's what my mom instilled in me. She wouldn't let me leave the house without, you know, makeup on. And she wouldn't throw out the garbage without a full face of makeup. She would never want to be seen without makeup. And for me, seeing that and hearing that, I put my stock of my value into other people. And so one thing I would definitely tell myself is that I'm a badass bitch all by myself, exactly how I'm made. And you should be ex- proud of who you are, where you are, what you look like. Um, your nutrition is more than what you're putting in your mouth, right? Like we ate very healthy growing up, which was great, but it's also your genes. Right. I can't control what my genes are. I can't, when people look at me now, they're like, oh my God, how are you eating what you want? You know, and not working out as much. I'm like, because my genes, dude, like, I don't know. Like, why are you getting like, this is just who, like, this is how my body was made. My metabolism is faster, obviously, you know? So for me, it, it it's really just, and anybody listening at any age where you are right now, just truly love exactly how you look and make sure that the things that you are intaking visually, spiritually, mentally, um, you know, are good and healthy for you. And you're cutting out artificial sugar as much as possible. And that's unfollowing people on Instagram. That's listening to music that makes you feel good. That's watching shows that make you feel empowered and great. And that's what nutrition and health and wellness mean to me. Now it's not just going to the gym. It's what I'm ingesting, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. on my couch. And I think a lot of people don't connect that. That is such a great point. And that's, um, I just don't think like people think, oh, if I go to the gym for 30 minutes and I eat a salad for lunch, like I'm done. And it is a lifestyle. Like we're really, yeah. And we're constantly being, you know, with TV and our phones and the internet and you are following on Instagram. It's like, you're constantly being You're ingesting so, so, so much at a rapid, rapid rate. And it distracts you from yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I remember people always asking me if I've watched Game of Thrones or I've watched, you know, Breaking Bad or I've watched, you know, all these shows. And I'm like, they're probably, they obviously won all those awards for a reason. They're probably wonderful. Right. It disrupts my spirit. That's why I don't watch reality television show. It disrupts who I am. Now, my guilty pleasure, if I'm sitting at home, I'm watching Kim Possible. (laughs) I love it. She's, she's very positive, you know. Right? But like that, I can mindlessly or, you know, friends or right. Will and Grace, Mindly, you know, yeah, like it's, Will and Grace. 
Yeah. Oh my god, we're watching it right now. I'm watching it for the love first it. time. And oh my I'm gosh, first time. Oh my gosh, yes. I watched it so many. You know, times. when you watch when you're growing up, it was like yeah. episodes here and there because your parents yeah. were watching it. So um, but now we're watching it because my husband and I, I'm a, I was a television and film major, so this is how he processes things. He wants start to finish. So okay. we watched Cheers. Oh, um, we watched uh, Frasier. Like we're yeah. just gonna go and we just watched that '70s show, which was amazing. So uh, yeah. that's what allows me to feel okay. Yeah. Right. I can't yeah. listen to a murder podcast. <laughs> I and, can. <laughs> I think, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. but that's it. Everybody is different. But it, yeah. if it if it doesn't disrupt, like some Vanderpump Rules, right? Right. That. Me neither. And people are like, you got to watch it. It's so good. It's on the same level with the Kardashians. Yeah. What is it doing to my spirit? What is mm-hmm. it doing? You can have a guilty pleasure, pleasure that's like fine, whatever you right. want to do. But you also have to keep in check and keep in check how it's, how right. you're processing right. it. Right? right. Like, you know what I mean? So I know every single time I watch one of the Netflix Christmas movies, I'm always like, man, my husband didn't do that for me. He didn't bring me flowers. He didn't <laughs> yeah. do nothing. Like, and you don't even realize it, right? right. But like, I want to make sure that everything that I'm ingesting in my relationships, it's pouring into my cup, right? Oh, and yeah. I only have a limited of ener- time, time, energy, passion. Um, and so what I'm filling into that needs to make me feel better. And I am not putting out anybody or putting down anybody that watches the reality shows yeah. and the and the and the gossip girls and the real housewives do you boo boo yeah. but make sure that you're spending also time things that just are lighthearted and make yeah. you feel good that's right. the most important part yeah it's funny as I, I feel like i'm like such an outsider cuz i don't watch any of like the real housewives or the band. i'm like I guess I, do I not fit in with women? I don't understand. I don't. I know I, I don't. don't. Yeah. And I've realized that. <laughs> okay. Sam, girl, trust and believe. I <laughs> have realized that I, I'm always a disruptor. No matter where I go, my presence, my, you know, who I am disrupts people, right? My character disrupts a lot of titles, right? I, I know that about me. But for women, it's, it's, they think that I'm either better than them or I'm trying to put them down. And if you really knew who I was, I just want women to feel so good about themselves. And when you watch these shows and these women are allowing people like Andy Cohen to put them down and other men to cheat on them and they're sticking around, I want more for you, queen. I just want more for you. So for me... You're right. I don't fit in. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm at home watching Phineas and Ferb or Hey Arnold or Kim Possible. Oh Lizzie McGuire was the best, right? Like, yeah. that's, these are the kinds of things. So I, I, I'm, I do not fit in. I realize that. But I also know that right. about myself. But you stand right? out. That's great. Why, what is it? Why fit in when you were born to stand out? That's what Oh, girl, like, I was born. I was born to be way out there. Um, so you, you know, you talked about your husband. How long have you guys Me? been married for? So this August will be four years. Nice. Congrats. And how'd you guys meet? Thank you. So one of the, like literally my favorite thing to talk about is my husband. Um, Cause I prayed so long for a good relationship because I come from a family of 
divorce, right? And okay. single parents and all kind of stuff. So um, my husband and I actually met in high school. Oh my and gosh. we were not, we did not speak to each other. We probably said four words to each other. He was extremely popular. Okay. Star football player, star baseball player. Um, they did the, you know, the, the head cheerleader, the whole thing. And I was a play door and we just didn't ever talk. So then we re-met as we were coaching at our alma mater, uh, Paul the Sixth High School in Haddonfield, okay. New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and we started coaching together and I, um, we went for a drink every so often, him, my, my boyfriend at the time and him, we all hung out Uh-oh. many times <laughs> and, um, it wasn't until uh, my boyfriend and I had separated and, um, he lives with, he lived in Wildwood and I was like, you know what? Never been. I'll go. They say it's a good time, right? I'm single. Fun. I just need him to protect me, not get, I, I can't get roofied, please make sure right. I get home safely. Like, right. um, and we've been together ever since that oh one night. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. And, oh, that's what, I love that. And Wildwood <laughs> is so fun. What is like, uh, the, like the, on the way to Cape May, like that song. Yes. Uh, I forget the Wildwood word part though. Oh, well. oh, my, oh my gosh, I know. I haven't heard that song in years. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, we we have w- oh those wildwood yeah. days. That's that's all. The time. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got engaged in Cape May, so we have actually like a little oh, yes. um, yeah. like we have a sign with like postcards from each of the shore towns with that song, like on the way to Cape May. I fell in love, and then but I love like I can't oh, in my I living room. I look that. at it every day. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. When did you get engaged? Uh, we got engaged in 2012. We'll be, we were just married for nine years in April. So I think. Yay. Congratulations. The the whole shore area is, um, my aunt and uncle have a house in West Wildwood. That's right on the the channel there, which is really. Yes. Yes. That's Um, it's it's, so much stuff. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to do with your husband? Everything. (laughs) Literally everything. It, it can be from sitting on the couch and making like a smorgasbord of cheese and crackers oh. and pizza and pretzels and fruit. Like we just set it up in our little living room to going out on date nights and trying new restaurants to, you know, we have, we've had so many people get married in the last two years to, you know, so we've been each other's fun dates and fun. It, I, I truly did marry my best friend. He is a phenomenal human being. I've learned, uh, we were very open in the beginning about putting out our relationship and what worked for us and what didn't. And I really, I realized that not everybody was as happy for us. So we had to, oh, no. you know, reel it back a little bit, you know, cause you want to, you want to, this is my house. This is my relationship. I want to protect it. But. Right everything that I do with my husband is just a great time, whether it's, you know, him being annoyed that we're shopping at the mall, um, (laughs) grocery shopping, like we grocery shop together every single week. Oh, I love that. We enjoy each other's company. Yeah. He's, he's a goofball and he's, he's super funny and charming and dorky. And so, yeah, he's, he's great. So I have to say it's, it's everything to falling asleep, to waking up, to having coffee, to, Sunday brunch and everything in between. And you guys are doing an upcoming speaking event together, right? The aligning. Yes. 
Yes, we're, um, we're excited. We're, do you guys normally talk together or is this something new or do you do like- This is completely new. And okay. we had a we have a podcast together okay. that we absolutely loved. It was called In Our Prime, but we got so busy, right? He's yeah. a football coach and he's a bartender as well and he's a teacher. So right. finding time to to film and yeah. I don't want to put too much on his plate. So right. we had two seasons and we're going to start it up again, but now we have like a better schedule of it. Yeah. Um, we won't have as many episodes. That's it. Right. So yeah. but he loved it. it. It tapped into something that he had never really done before. For. So yeah. I always ask him, like, do you want to speak? And he's like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, all right. So I was asked to speak at the Play Like a Champion National Conference at Notre Dame. And the, the, the person organizing it asked, you know, like, I know your husband is a football coach. We're going to have a lot of coaches in the room. And he had just won coach of the year for his division. So we were super proud. And he worked really hard to change the culture of his team. So this is the first time that we'll be speaking together on a stage. And this is the first time the conference has ever had a married couple share a stage. And the, and it, it means something a little bit more because we are an interracial couple and we, you know, we're an interracial marriage and to, to have people see us work together, even though our, our, you know, our cultures are very different. It's a beautiful thing. Right. And so right. we're very excited for that. And our portion is called aligning with excellence. And so I come from my coaching point of view and he's coming from his, we've coached in very different environments and he's coached at different levels and I've coached at different levels mm-hmm. and we both were athletes. So we're speaking just about what it takes to really create leadership within organizations in today's lifestyle with social with social media with NIL and making sure that you care more about the athlete than the result and you right. care more about the athlete and what they're going to become and the impact that they're going to have on everyday life rather than just in their sport but it starts with sport and yeah. how crucial it is. So we're super excited for that. Uh, and he, I think he's a little bit more nervous. I don't get nervous because this is like my yeah. passion. This is like everything yeah. for me. So he's like, all right. And I see him like pacing and like re- rehearsing words and stuff. So it's it's very, very cool. But That's yeah, awesome. I'm very excited for that. So excited for you guys. You guys are going to do Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thank um, you. We're, we're pretty hyped for it. Great. So what's one piece of advice you would give others regarding keeping a healthy marriage? Over communication. I, I can't stress it enough. I and I'll. I'm so sorry. I'm going to talk your ear off. I feel so. Oh, bad. That's this totally is not. Fun. This is not supposed to be a long podcast, right? Like it's going to be like three hours. It can be as like, long so- as you want it to be. I can make it into two parts, three parts. Whatever. <laughs> that's what happened to another one I did. They were like, "We're going to make this into two parts." I was like, "I'm so sorry." No. Um. So I come from a very passionate culture, right? So I'm Dominican and Antiguan. So I'm Caribbean by blood. Caribbeans are passionate. We use our hands. We're loud. We're over the top. My husband is not. And so we had our first, and I'm used to fighting. I love to fight. It's what I did. Argue, arguing was the way to communicate. Right. And we came home one night after drinking and I was like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm done. This is ridiculous. And I'm shouting and he's just standing there. And it looked like, it looked like I was hurting him. And I was like, 
why aren't you yelling back? Like, why are you just standing there? And he, I could tell in that moment, my style of communication wasn't getting through to him. Mm-hmm. So I took a step back and I calmly, in that moment, literally, I was like, here's why I'm upset. Boom, 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 and boom. He literally said, I didn't mean for that. I didn't think that that's what you were, that's what you meant. It won't happen again. Boom. So I was like, oh, well, that's it. There's there's nothing else. Like, we're not going to continue fighting. Like, this is ridiculous. So it's really communicating over communicating so that they understand that other, that your partner understands where you're coming from and what you're trying to say. Because at the end of the day, I don't ever want to, you know, stick a knife in and twist it, right? Like, mm-hmm. That's not what it is. I respect yeah. him too much. I love him too much. I want good things. So it's really effective communication when I yeah. say over communication, over effective communication. <laughs> and I, I forget where I like heard something somewhere. It might've been me listening to a podcast. And it was saying like, when we get mad and we're like, taking out like our we want that other person to feel our anger rather than like we're not concerned about communicating we're really concerned about them feeling the way we are and I felt like that was something for me like similarly like I would kind of like I guess be on the attack or the defense yeah all the time and like my husband's like it doesn't have to be that way we can just like yeah you could just tell me what's wrong and then I can like respond to it yeah and then forward and like, then are logical like that. I'm like, I don't want to move forward. I don't yeah. want to move forward in this. I need this moment. I need aggressive. Yeah. I need, I need things. I, you know, yeah. and it's, it, it's very, very true. When you break it down, it's true. We probably do just want people to see our right. emotion and feel what we're feeling, but I don't think they will. All right. Well, let's get into your athletic journey. So can you share with us, how did you get involved in the high jump? The high, was that like your main thing that you did when you were in high school? How did you get involved in that? So I started running track when I was six years old. Okay. And coming from a single parent household, my mom just didn't have enough money to put me into like clubs and traveling teams and all that kind of stuff. So track was the easiest thing that she could drop me off and feel like I was, you know, being safe and I was being guided. And so, you know, I just, it was just out of convenience at first. And then, you know, of course, coaches are like, you know, you're really great. Your daughter's really good. Let's, let's do more. And it started with like the long distance. And I was like, I swear, if you make me run one more mile or 800, (laughs) I'm quitting. Like I will walk away. My mom was like, nope, I'm forcing you to do it. And it was finally like a family meeting. And they were like, let her do what she wants to do. Like, she's still going to run track, but she just doesn't want to do distance. It's okay. She was like, you know, like all these coaches think she's going to be great in the eight and blah, blah, blah. So uh, without her happiness, she let me do what I wanted to do. And so when I got to high school, I did all the events. I was a multi-eventer and I did the shot put and the high jump and the long jump and the 400 and the 400 hurdles and the 100 hurdles. And it it was cool. It was great. Um, you know, my, my passion is entertainment. I've always wanted to be Beyonce. I love entertaining people. I love making people happy and 
and, and making them feel something more powerful about their lives. And my mom said, you know, use track as a way to make that possible and make that happen. So I took on track and I realized that it could be, a, it could lead to bigger things. And, you know, once I started, you know, getting into the high jump, which again was just, hey, there's a girl on the team who needs a partner to do this meet. Can you do it? Sure, absolutely. And do you remember those old flip books that would have pictures on each page yeah. and it would be a moving picture? That's how I was taught how to high jump. And huh. yeah. And so once I figured it out, uh, I just kept getting better. But my heart wasn't in it because I was in plays and I wanted to be on Broadway and that whole thing. So my senior year, you know, again, it comes to college time and I go meet with my guidance counselor. And throughout this whole period, I was dealing with um, never fitting in fully. I was never black enough. I was never Hispanic enough. I wasn't, I was never enough for anybody. My personality didn't match anybody else's, right? I was bullied for being skinny. I was bullied for dating a white kid. Um, I was bullied for my hair, like everything, right? And uh, I started doing pageants and then, you know, being told that I wasn't good enough. And then I cut my hair and being told I wasn't, you know, I'm not pretty with short hair, all this kind of stuff. And I, it's, it's, it's a whole journey. So I get to my guidance counselor and I was like, you know, I'm going to go to college, but I'll probably, if there's an option to just be a struggling actress um, and wait tables and then get my big break, I'll do that. And my coach found out, told my mom, like, no, we need to get her into school. She can actually do things. So I, um, you know, I was like, I was like, I'm not paying for college. So I'm not about to be in debt before I even step on campus. So I said academic or right. Like it it was, I mean, I was logical. Yeah. As logical as I possibly could be. (laughs) And he literally said to me, you're not good enough to get an academic or athletic scholarship. And I knew that my grades were okay. Like nothing crazy, but I knew that I wasn't giving track and field a hundred percent of my time. I wasn't even making all the practices and I knew I didn't want my mom to struggle. So I went on, uh, I asked them what the standards were for colleges and what they're looking for. And at that time I was, you know, probably top 20, top 30 in the state. And uh, that following weekend, it was the night after prom was counties and I won and I set my school record. And it was, it was kind of just like a decision. And it was the first time that somebody had truly doubted me to my face. And I was, it was in a, it was a grown up who was supposed to be guiding me, literally telling me that I'm not good enough. And that's when I fell in love with pressure and people doubting me and proving them wrong because it was the best feeling in the world. So I went on to sectionals and I won sectionals, went on to state, became a state champion, went on to meet a champs and became a, became literally the champion of the state oh and uh, colleges came up to me and the only place I wanted to be was New York City. So St. John's came knocking and I said, where are you? They said, New York. I said, I'll sign. Let's do it. <laughs> he was like, you don't want to see the campus? I was like, no, you're in New York yeah. City. I don't care about anything else. So that's kind of how it happened. And that's why I'm a product of failure and you know, tribulations, because I just changed the narrative. 
Yeah. And so that's how it all kind of happened. And going to college, I was, you know, a, kind of like a big fish in a smaller pond. And I, you know, just kept that. I, I had a pretty good balance, but I was number one on the team, became MVP. I just kept pushing and people kept on putting this narrative of the Olympics, the Olympics. And I was like, I don't know, man, like I'm not number one anymore. Right. Like when you go to college, you're not number one. Yeah. But I was still making waves. I was still doing well. And I, you know, I, I stayed focused and I realized, and it was my teammates who helped me with that as well when they fell short or they weren't, weren't working as hard. Um, I was winning and doing well. And I got perks for that, right? I got bigger per diem. I got, I would go to the equipment room and be like, can I have extra socks? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. I was like, great. Um, yeah. So I was jumping for the perks for a while. I took, I graduated. I went to the 2012 Olympic trials, was supposed to get dead last 35 or 34 out of 34 came in seventh. Wow. In the United States and found out that the U.S. saw no value in me. They didn't think I was going to be good enough. So I took a year off because I had to move back home. You know, like I was like, I'm not signed. I'm, what am I supposed to do? And realized that I hated working. It was not for me. And realized that I had dual citizenship to either Dominican Republic or Antigua and Barbuda. And because my relationship with my father was so strained, I realized I wanted to get to know that side of me. I, when people see me, they think I'm black. So they, they think I'm just black. So I said, all right, let me get to know where my father comes from. Maybe why he, you know, left me and abandoned me. Um, and I, I, I found out the population of the island and that there was so much culture and history. And, I, and nobody really was, you know, putting Antigua and Barbuda on the map. And people didn't even know the right how to say the right name so i wanted to put respect on the country's name i wanted to put respect on my name i wanted to put the entire island on my shoulders and lift them up and so in 2014 i became a professional athlete representing the country of antigua and barbuda and um just started traveling the world proving them wrong dealing with sexism a huge thing on the island um not being valued pushing through finding my voice finding my personality finally make you know meddling internationally um having a really great time going to the 2016 olympics having an, an olympic hangover that following year uh and it kind of just all kind of led to uh my next olympics which is when i was going to retire anyway and yeah that, that's the journey <laughs> so did you so did you like this is a dumb question but did you have no to it's move? not <laughs> like did you have to move there or you no. had, like how did that work for competition so getting getting dual citizenship is different for every country but yeah. it depends on who's who you're related to from the country so my right. father and my mother were both born in dominican republic and antigua and barbuda so my father yeah. was born in antigua and moved here when he was 16 so i had like that first generation like i'm one yeah. one removed so okay. uh in order to get it i had to get a letter from somebody on the island who knew me knew my father okay. they had to get his baptism like a receipt like it took a while it took a very long time it took about 10 months to get it um but now i you know i i, I hold the passport and i i am a dual citizen um a lot of islanders do train in the u.s um and they go to school in the u.s 
So it's not uncommon. Uh, I trained over here because they didn't have a track. Like they didn't have a a good track. Mm -hmm. So uh, I couldn't train on that or I would, you know, wasn't going to be healthy or safe for me. So, um, so we would go back every year for nationals and nationals was how you, they would put you up and say, you can travel here. You can travel here. Uh, they would also go based off the world rankings and everything. So, um, but yeah, it was, I didn't have to live there, but I did go back a few times. I became, you know, the two time female athlete of the year, um, which was incredible. And, um, my husband and I just decided that that's where we're going. Cause we never got to go on our honeymoon. That's where we're going for our honeymoon next summer. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Such a cool, um, just like, again, proving people wrong. Like you proved the U S wrong. You're like, uh, I'm going to the Olympics. I'm going to find another way and my way. And that's such, um, you know, a good mindset for anybody to have, but, um, and the goal wasn't really go to the Olympics. The goal was to be as good as you can mm-hmm. possibly be exhaust every resource to see how far you can go, to see how high you can rise. It probably wasn't until two years before the Olympics that I was like, all right, all eyes are on Rio. I didn't make it in 2012. And I sat on my couch and I watching the opening ceremonies, I told a friend of mine, Jose, I was like, I will never sit on this couch again while training and watch the opening ceremonies because I knew I had more to give. So rather than look at just the Olympics, I was like, I want to see how great I can be each year. And that's right. kind of how it happened. That's awesome. Um, so how has your experience as an Olympic athlete shaped like your perspective on sports in general and competition besides just never giving up? I think it's made me a lot more thicker skin. Um, it helped me with negativity, self-doubt. It also helped me realize, um, how far I can push myself. So I learned so, so, so much in sport from having white male coaches to having black female coaches to having sexism, racism, and colorism to having people doubt me to not, uh, to not making certain meets to, to losing to like the journey taught me so, so much mm-hmm. that I now take, I'm so glad that I went through because now I'm able to take it like a G, right? Like right. I, there, there's going to be shit thrown in my face all the time, but I can take it. And it, how is it going to affect me? How am I going to rise from this occasion? How am I going to get better? Sport teaches so much that I think it should be mandatory for every person at a younger age. Yeah. At a younger age. I also think that every young person in high school should have to work in the restaurant business. I agree with that. Right? (laughs) I think every person needs to work in the restaurant business. Right? Like, I think it's just something. So sport taught me confidence, resilience, tenacity, self-love positivity, quitting toxic relationships. Like it literally taught me everything because throughout that journey, it was the longest relationship that I ever had. So true. 
And um, you grow my, through it. Like I was six years old and I retired when I was 32. Yeah. that's. Crazy. I was a different person in every stage of the game. Right. Right. And that's, I, my, so I am, I'm health, a high school health and phys ed teacher. So obviously my undergrad is that, but my master's, I ended up getting in athletic coaching specifically because like, I, I didn't want to, I don't want to be a principal or anything like that. I'm like, okay. I'm get my master's. Um, but let me do it in something that I'm doing. And even though I had been involved in obviously athletics for my entire life as well, like learning more about the coaching perspective and like how really shapes, especially females, like with self-confidence, like I knew it, but reading about it and understanding about it and just like all of the positive things that come from, especially women in sports and learning. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's even like to kind of go on a little bit of a tangent, like how I work with my marriage. Like I've always been a teammate and like my husband yeah. is my teammate, like we're on the same team. We're not playing against each other. Like, and that's just how my whole outlet, like outlook on life is. And I think you're so right. Like everyone should, I mean, I'm such an advocate for that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, um, I teach Burlington city is like a smaller school and for male athletes, it's like very good. Um, you know, a great program for a lot of different sports, but like the girls are, they take on more of a role of like a lot of them are working after school and yeah. their responsibilities are like taking care of the younger kids and so doing being a coach I was a middle school field hockey and high school basketball coach for 10 years um before I had like I would just from class pick kids like come come to practice come to practice today like I think you would do so well and um just like some of the stories of like the way that kids have come back and said things I'm like you know it's like a, a safe space for everyone yeah. to build their, you know, just like you said, everything for them. So it like is. That. And that's, and that's the importance and the it, sport is vital for mm-hmm. growth uh, to learn. And like you said, you know, this, that's the biggest thing. And that's why it was so important for me when I coached was to have that kind of marriage in sport and in regular life for them to understand that I can give two shits about if you win this meet or not, but how are you handling yourself? How are you prepping for the meet? Did you, you know, take responsibility in yourself? Did you eat right? Like, did you care? That's what means more to me. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that preparation work, it'll all show on the track. Right. So I, I think sport has, has had a profound impact in my life. And obviously now you know, as what I'm doing, it's opened so many doors for me. And obviously, like I cried every day at the Olympics because of what I went through. But it's now I can talk about it and be able to share a narrative of, you know, turning those obstacles into these incredible opportunities. Yeah, I love and so like with all of the mindset and and, um, like preparation, how did you, how do you handle the pressure in competing like at the highest level of an international event? Um, I mean, that just has to be so, or is it like, I don't know from me. To me, no, for me, I will tell you, I, I didn't get nervous. I was so prepped and ready to compete that nothing made me, 
it didn't make me nervous. I was just excited. I just wanted to kick ass. I wanted the world to see me. It was my element. I wanted a stage. It was and your play. Your Broadway was, play. You- yes, 100%. <laughs> it, it absolutely was. And I had full control over what my narrative was. And I got to, you know, wear my lilac hair and wear my makeup and just be me. Hardest part for me was the me compare like other people comparing me to others, which then entered my brain. And I was like, well, I need to be skinnier. I need to be leaner. I need to, that was the kind of stuff that, um, I, I, I wasn't prepared for. But in terms of competing at a very elite level, I was so ready. I loved it. It was great. I was so, so happy to do it specific routines or rituals like I know like some people before they go out to their event they have like you know that three times or something like that I didn't have it as much as I thought I would like and that was the other thing right like so when you're talking to other people and you're listening to things they're like I have this routine and this is exactly what I do ever it was always my makeup my makeup and dancing was my thing it was my it was my 30 to 40 minutes of just me myself doing my hair doing my makeup listening to Ariana Grande and Beyonce and Britney and Christina and all these legend powerhouses women right um and just being in my element and realizing that I had to just get in the right frame of mind and any kind of butterfly or nervousness that I got, it was more excitement. And this was, this was my domain and I was ready to go. But those are the, those are the two things that I always did. My makeup and listening to music. Same thing that I did on my wedding day. Um, that's amazing. It's like, they're different. <laughs> Getting married, being an Olympic yeah. athlete, like it's the same. Perfect. Same thing. Same thing, guys. <laughs> Um, how about with your support system going to the Olympics? Like, how did that, did you reconnect with your dad at all through the process of you being an Olympic? I did. You did? I did a little bit. I, the process of going to the Olympics uh, was awesome, right? Everybody supports you, but nobody really is in tune until you do it and you make it. So. It wasn't until that happened that I really felt major support. People knew that I was training. They knew what I was doing. They saw me traveling the world and doing cool things. But um, I think the biggest shocker, because again, I, I, I was engaged in 2014, okay. broke off the engagement, you know, started dating my coach who was phenomenal, by the way, I have to give him a shout out. And, um, you know, and then, you know, making the Olympics and then feeling so alone because it's over. It's done. Did you win a, did you win a medal? No. Oh, okay. Like, that's it. I, that's it. So it was a roller coaster. I will tell you that. I'm sure that is such like, a weird it's you know when you're sitting on your tv and you're watching a you know the when you are like the swim swimming is like my big thing that i watch and it's oh, like you cool. know people are like oh, i could be faster than that it's like really if you put there it's like there should be an olympic uh sport yeah. where you put the regular people on the couch yeah. against the olympians and yeah. see how that goes just to see how it's much true. better you guys are than you know, like regular people walking around <laughs> career is amazing but as i mentioned in the beginning you are now 
having you have a huge involvement in your community and you have the um, Priscilla E. Frederick Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, like it's so crazy because I still get choked up about it, even though it's like on year three, like we're literally in the year year three of it. Uh, when I was probably right after high school, I really uh, wanted to make a staple for my mom. I wanted to thank her for everything that she sacrificed and she went through. And my mom is my greatest gift. She's She is just so a warrior. She right. never gave up and she literally showed up for me every single day. And I wanted to thank her. I wanted a, a long lasting uh, impact for, for her. So I started the Priscilla E. Frederick Foundation, which was, you know, the name that she, she gave me. Mm-hmm. And we support single parent households. And that could literally look like anything and everything. So right. we want to make sure that, cause when my mom was, you know, when, when I was younger, my mom put me through Catholic school. She worked three jobs to make sure that my sister and I went to Catholic school and we both went to college and she just needed a little bit of help. Everybody wishes that they had a million dollars, everybody. Right. But sometimes it's just, I wish somebody could pay my grocery bill so that I could pay my electric bill and finally be okay. Like get caught up. Um, and so that's what I wanted to be for the community. I want it to be a little bit of help. And so that's what the Frederick Foundation is about. We support single parent households and we have a single parent assistance grant. And it is on my website, PriscillaLimis.com. And anybody throughout the year, um, when we run out of funds, we run out of funds. But I will give $250. Uh, I send you a check, a personalized note. Uh, and... Uh, however else I can help you. And moving forward, we are going to do one-on-one financial literacy courses so that they can hopefully not be in that same position. They can learn about their money. They can learn about the finances and get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a single parent assistance grant. And we also give out scholarships to students coming from single parent households. Um, and what we're doing is people that have impacted our life throughout our journey where we meet people um, will start different scholarships under their name, whether it's like my mom has the Miss Eve scholarship. So it's an eighth grader in a private high school continuing in a private high school or a Catholic high school. Right. And they have to do a sport. They have to have a certain GPA. Um, You know, we're going to have, I met a, I met a couple randomly at a bar one night and unfortunately, their granddaughter passed away from heart complications from COVID, which is the same thing that I had. So I am starting a, a scholarship program called Marquetta, um, you know, the Marquetta's Journey, found, you know, scholarship. And she was very much into nature and STEM. And I want to, you know, any girl that needs that. Right. And so um, a dear, you know, Antiguan teammate of mine, um, he recently passed away. And so I'm going to give out a scholarship under his name for those who bike because he was a cyclist. He was a pro cyclist for Antigua and Barbuda. So it's people along the journey to keep their names alive and help out. But then we also do, you know, women empowerment seminars and workshops. And so I just hosted my first one and I have to give a huge, huge shout out to Ardell and CoverGirl because they sponsored it. Um, and I've got to thank the community of Wildwood because they showed up so incredibly. Thank you, Mud Hen. Um, they provided lunch and um, Beambo provided breakfast and it, we had 
we had mentors and we had makeup artists and we had a yoga instructor and it was just really at excellence and lifting up these high school girls and allowing them to feel really great. And we partnered with that. Um, Wait, was this just recently? Yeah, this was or February. Not? Yeah, oh, this was okay. February. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I did, like, that was the first one. That was the big yeah. one that we did. Um, and I partnered with another uh, nonprofit. Um, her name is Holly Fulger and she is uh, an American actress. And so she started her nonprofit and I'm I'm literally trying to remember all the things right now. Um, <laughs> and um, I cannot believe that she's going to no. kill me. I promise you. When she's going to be like, you couldn't remember the name of my. We just, one of our students is. Going, True. It, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, no. True Beauty Discovery. I am so sorry. I, like, I had a complete brain fart, but True Beauty Discovery, we partnered with them and we brought this to the community. Go ahead. Yeah, no, one of our students was just down in Wildwood like last week for a scholarship award. I forget which one it was, but she like oh, came cool. down to Wildwood for it. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's like, but I didn't know if it was a thing. She didn't really tell. <laughs> no, we're, uh, we, I mean, we are getting bigger and bigger. And um, we just, this woman empowerment thing is really, really important because we want to make sure that we're supporting. So I'm going to have four times a year. We'll do an empowerment one. We just did a financial literacy one. Um, and I'm going to open up a bank account, a savings account for each girl they can't touch till they're 25. Um, and every time that they do something along the lines in their life, whether it's community advocacy or any kind of support for communities and being selfless, um, I'll donate. I'll put money into their account. Yeah. And they can also do that as well. They can put money in. Um, and that was the woman empowerment, you know, that that portion. And then, you know, community advocacy. So if anybody reaches out and they say they need help, then that's what we'll do. Right. Like we put on networking events um, for the Hispanic community, for the black community um, for Juneteenth. We are doing a diamond donate at one of the biggest restaurants on our island. There's three of them. Um, and all those donations are going towards scholarships, as well as supporting one black owned business in Cape May County and to the Harriet Tubman Museum. So it's really just about being the change, being the rising yeah. tide, support, love. And just putting it out there. So my nonprofit is my baby. And, you know, we've been, you know, supporting all different kinds of people all throughout, you know, the year. And I didn't want it to be focused on just one thing, even though we do support single parent households. Um, we're going to open up a branch for veterans as well, because I want to be able to, to, to open that up and support in any way that we can. So it's really just being the shining light for others. That's what's yeah. most important. I love that. That's so amazing. And that's so great to hear. And um, I know you do have to go in a couple minutes. So <laughs> I just want to kind of wrap it up and give you like one last, uh, what advice would you give younger girls coming, especially girls? I mean, boys can listen, you know, boys, yeah, too, but of course. specifically girls in sports. Um, what advice would you give them to be the best that they can be? Show up for yourself the way you would show up for Taylor Swift. Love that. That's great. <laughs> that's, that, is, I... that is the perfect way to end it because lots of them showed up for the way they showed up for Taylor Swift. And um, that's a great analogy. Analogy was not expecting that, but I love it. <laughs> we will. Yes, we will end on that. I am. Yes, um, I think girls don't show up for themselves enough. I think yeah. they are always trying to compare themselves and they're coming from a place of lack 
when really they need to truly love everything about themselves and show up for themselves in the most positive way. And we have seen how these girls show up for Taylor Swift. So show up for yourself the way you show up for Taylor Swift. um, And really just uh, pour into your cup excellence and love and beauty, because that's all the things that you deserve and all the things that you are. I love that. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going <laughs> to wrap it up. I love that. Thank you so much seriously, for coming on. I appreciate it. Your story is truly a testament to the power of perseverance, dedication, and the pursuit of excellence. Um, you. Your passion for the high jump and unwavering determination have really taken you to the highest levels of athletic achievement, which is amazing. Um, so proud of you. Thank you so much Thank for you. giving us your insights and your wisdom. Um, and then, you know, just remember to the listeners that success is not solely measured by medals, as we just heard. It's also about yeah. the impact we have on others, the mark we leave on the world, um, your dedication to the community work and your commitment to inspiring the next generation of athletes really is such a shining example. Um, so if you found, and I know you did, find this episode ins- as inspiring as I did, make sure to follow Priscilla on her journey of all her upcoming things. And I'm going to link a lot of this stuff in the show notes. She is at Priscilla underscore Frederick on Instagram. Um, any other social media ha- accounts that you use a lot? Yeah. I need to get back on the TikToks. I'm like, I didn't want to. I'm not great I didn't TikTok, want to. So- yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to, but you can always follow me on PriscillaLumis.com. Um, you can, Oh, and honestly, if you type in Priscilla Loomis on Google, all the things will show up. All pop up. So, however you social media, um, besides TikTok and Twitter, I will be there for you. hundred well, percent. Thank you so much. It was great. <laughs> thank you, Samantha. I'm so so blessed. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you for your light. Thank you for your energy. I'm so proud of you for doing this and for thank putting you. these episodes out. You are a new mom, and you are crushing it, and you are showing your children exactly how powerful women are and how important mothers are. So I thank you for you. I thank you for your message. And I thank you for sharing a platform, especially for a woman of color. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. All right. I think that's it. That's how we're going to end it. That was way better words than I could ever say. So um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, All right. I will let you go. I know you got to go. So, um, but we will be, I'll be in touch with you. So um, yes, yes, absolutely. And whatever, whenever you come down, please come down, hang out, whatever, all the things I'm here for you. Um, If you're ever having an event, please let me know. I'm here to support. So don't ever hesitate to be like, Hey, can you share this? Or, Hey, can you come to this? Or I'm here, girl. I'm an ally. Yeah. Well, that was such an amazing episode with Priscilla. I hope you all enjoyed that so much. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Running Wine Mom podcast and leave me a review. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Running Wine Mom underscore. I love hearing from you and it helps me bring you more inspiring content. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, you are strong, you are capable, and you are all amazing. Until next time, keep running, keep sipping, and keep embracing the joy of life. Cheers, and I will be back next Tuesday.